0: Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit PerfectOrganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive
1: exclusive perks and early access to content.
0: Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to... We deserve full shares, right. right, baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is... There.
1: Move! Get out of there! Don't you move! George, <laughs> move! Down! Move, down! Move, down! Get out! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, Jamie Prater, joined by my co host and creative partner, Green.
1: They, I like the little uh, extended intro. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of fucked up my flow, but I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's all right. It. That's all right. Of
0: course. Of course, my friend. How are you doing? I feel like it's been a while
1: since we've uh, since we recorded just the two of us. It
0: I does feel like that, doesn't it? Has it been? I don't know. Maybe What's the last been. episode we, we recorded?
1: Uh, it was not Alan Dean Foster, but it just went live yesterday. No, it Thank was. It went to live that. today. No way. That was la- no. That was last oh, night. Oh, that's not. Right. That you're right, you're I'm right. the one that fucking edited it. Oh, that's right. All the days go.
0: <laughs> <things> go- <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you still together. haven't uploaded that episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> all the days go together. That to it's me, been then.
1: a long. It's that the days are blending together and that we've been in like lockdown for so long. Is that I now have multiple shirts that have holes in the back of them that nobody has pointed out to me because i don't see anybody outside of my family and my family's just like well he just like stays home all the time so nobody cares i have like a gaping hole in the back of my t-shirt and jude brought it up tonight and the rest of the family was like yeah you didn't know about that I was like, no, if i knew about this why would i keep it like but nobody sees Daddy, this shit because i never the leave wolf, the house anymore man?
0: there's hair coming out
1: <laughs> i'm a werewolf yeah but how you been man you good
0: I am good. I am doing all right. Uh California's COVID numbers are declining in terms of infection rates like steep decline yeah. all of a
1: sudden. So are Connecticut's. We get a lot down the last couple of days. Fi-
0: fucking finally, man. Like I know yeah. we're there, there's still a while until we're out of this, but there's light at the end of this tunnel. Like we have a competent administration in place and there's light at the end of this pandemic tunnel and I'm excited about it. And I want movie theaters to open and I want to go out and I want to go see people and I want to go fly on planes and I want to do all that stuff. So,
1: I'm gonna see movies in theaters daily
0: for a while. Oh yeah! After this, there's thing. so like, much coming out. Again, oh my god! There's so
1: much. For you, that's part of it. Is this just gonna be? There's a million things that are gonna be coming out when this is when it's safe again. I'm fucking flying to, w-
0: to Connecticut for like two months, and we're going every night.
1: <laughs> I would, you know, I would do that, Jake. You know that I would be. I would not only do that. I would buy you those tickets every night. I feel like let's go see this again because I miss going to the movies. And you and I have been to the movies together now a couple we of have. times. And had a lot we have. of fun. Have. And so, that was you know, fun. As, as people, I wish the movies imagine, were better, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's true yeah we don't have a good track record with that but but i i can't i cannot wait to do that uh just in general but especially with you my friend because we were supposed to see each other this last year we couldn't do I it i know i know it's gonna happen we were, at we're at that like
0: fun. hey we should come over the summer oh yeah then all of a sudden the cases just skyrocketed you're like oh why don't we wait
1: <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we should hold off a little I, bit considering everybody has covid right now yeah it was yeah. kind of freaky but yeah, yeah. it was hey there's was. light at the end of the tunnel and we are uh, we are getting there, and we're returning to this Prometheus series after a little bit of a hiatus from it. After that, Alan Dean Foster interview that I was just mentioning, which yep. hopefully many of you listening to this episode, many of you on the live stream, hey everybody, got a chance to listen to that was an amazing experience. It was for me, a great baby. episode. Like, I, I but getting to talk to this guy who like has just been in my head for so much of my life. I, it's just it's just such a trip, and then to find out, of course, that he's just like just incredibly sweet, nice. Caring person and made the time for us and like stayed much longer than he probably expected to and was like totally chill. Yeah, it's like, very chill. It was just great, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good dude, good dude. But,
0: so, tonight, to your point, we are here to discuss the engineers. Um, and we are back to our Prometheus series. We'll eventually pivot away from this for a little bit and do some other amazing things that we have lined up, things in the pipeline we're excited to talk about, um, which will probably include. Talking about the Hulu show, which we'll probably see more information about what that is in the next coming months, especially as Alien Day approaches. I can't believe we're marching towards another Alien Day. Like, I feel like the other one was Jamie, just. Jamie, why
1: like, is it always that we're running late getting ready for <laughs> Alien Day? It's like, I feel like every year we're like, oh my God, Alien Day's coming up again already. Oh, we're going to do this. It's smooth always Alien and Day. And by the
0: numbers. Yeah, we are. Um, five by five. So here we are to talk about the engineers and uh, from a very controversial film Ridley Scott's Prometheus but uh what do you what do you think about them what what, tell me tell me what your thoughts are about these things
1: uh they're big they're pale (laughs) that's that's all that's my entire episode no I think I think the engineers are fucking awesome um I you know I've said that pretty consistently throughout this series that for me the engineers are one of the things that have always excited me about prometheus and one of the things that the first time i saw it i was really intrigued by um and since then i've continually been intrigued by uh and i think that uh, i speak for a lot of fans when i say that i know you and i have spoken at great length about how frightening they are in the film um especially the final 10 minutes of the movie it's genuinely scary um but also just uh in In creating a, a genuinely new canonical addition at, to the alien franchise and kind of blowing the possibilities of it wide open, obviously very controversial. Mm-hmm. obviously, uh, playing with fire, no Prometheus pun intended there because like obviously you know the we all had thirty years of our lives where the space jockey was one thing, right. And then uh, then all of a sudden, well, not of our lives, but, you know, 30 years went by where the space jockey was one thing, and then all of a sudden we're told it was something extremely different, and uh, people had strong reactions to it and still continue to have, which we will see when we get to the comments towards the end. There's been tons of uh, great stuff coming in on Building Better Worlds, so thank you, everybody. Um, But for me personally, the engineers represent something uh, eternal and frightening that I think is really really powerful and that is cosmic horror which as as people who listen to the show probably can guess is something that really appeals to me a lot because of my love for Lovecraft and and um, Jeff Vandermeer and other kind of weird fiction writers uh, to me um, the engineers represent this notion that there are answers out there to questions we might not have wanted to ask you know mm-hmm. that the thin veneer of reality that we go through our lives taking for granted could be stripped away at any moment, mm-hmm. um, and something very frightening could come out when that happens. So we'll get more into that tonight. But but that's to me the the engineers are a gateway to deeper Lovecraftian elements of the alien lore, which was already very Lovecraft inspired for, sure, for sure. For uh, sure, I yeah, think. What
0: about you? I think that there's two conversations to be had. One, what it was the jockey? What was the jockey? Was it the engineer? Two, well, maybe three things. Does the engineer answer that question? My question, my supposition is no, it does not. The engineers are a thing. I don't think necessarily that what was in that jockey was exactly what we saw. I think it was something maybe organically grown into that chair that was an engineer or is an engineer, but it's different. It's made for that chair. Uh, of course, it's speculation. Um, I think that the the door is open for that. I think this is a very um, uh, complicated species and we don't know too much about them. So I think that the, the possibility is there for whatever it is whatever it was or is in that uh, that chair that we call the space jockey is some type of something related to the engineer. Um, to your to your point, I fucking love the engineers. I think they're scary as hell. Um, I think the design is just beautiful and terrifying and flawless. Um, when the engineer starts coming for Shaw at the end of Prometheus, it's scary because it's a silent giant beast. That's also a little bit beautiful um, and it's unsettling. It's also very masculine at the same time. It has these, there's a delicacy about it. Uh, it. So it's not speaking to it's not speaking. So we don't really know what it's intent. It embodies a little bit what the alien is, but it's just more, uh, human-like. Um, it's got the, the, that, that suit that they wear looks a lot like the alien. Um, just the, the ribs, everything the the legs, it looks like, uh, that classic alien de- Giger design. And I think it was spot on. I think they took a page out of Giger, um, and they were able to whittle down like the, or, Take the biological from the mechanical for most of the film's aesthetic, except for with the engineer that was fully bio biomechanical, and it's just really beautiful. And I think it is a a welcome addition to the to Alien mythology. I mean, I think the question here is: I think that they work as a monster. Um, I don't think that they work as an answer to who we are. I think it's a they they work as a question. What do they? What role do they play in who we are? Um, but I don't think we are from um, the engineers. I think that they're a, a piece in a larger puzzle.
1: Well, I would say, and and this is something that I think is is worth talking about, right? Those those questions are never actually answered outright in the film. There's no indication that that's necessarily Earth in the beginning. That the sacrificial engineer, true, um, seeds it never actually says that, right? Um, and indeed, although it was filmed on earth in Iceland, it was filmed in a part of earth that doesn't look like earth at all. So like, you know, it kind of seems like it wasn't, although I guess the idea was he was seeding plant life and things like that. Um, but yeah, but that's never answered. It's never actually answered who they are or what their hierarchy is. It's never answered why, uh, there are some that are enormous, like the space jockey and some that are smaller, like we see later in covenant, for example. Um, a lot of things are never answered. And I think that is because this Well, for, I think the people making the film aren't stupid, and I think they, they realize that there is that there needs to be mystery at the heart of this thing, especially if they want to sustain a franchise. But also that I think um, there is a really great push-and-pull interplay between a lot of things going on in the creation of Prometheus, right? So you mentioned the biomechanical stuff. All throughout the production of the movie, there was a push-and-pull between Stephen Messina and Arthur Max and Ridley Scott— um, on how Gigoresque to take things and how, you know, to make things, right? You have some things like the the engineer's um quote unquote pyramid, which is a ball. I don't know why they call it a pyramid. But that is um very Gigoresque because it's oh, based on the sure. design that he did. It is actually that was based on the Harkonnen castle that he made for mm-hmm. for the abandoned Doom script, right? Um but then you have other things that like the you know, I think the hammer P doesn't look anything like giger for one thing, it's pale and, and translucent flesh, but it's also just like you know the the, the aesthetic choices in the film don't feel like Giger to me. The Prometheus design of the ship and things like that too. Um, and then you have uh, the engineers, which are entirely non Giger esque, right? They're they're humanoid. They're just you know anatomically just giant people essentially. Um, but then you have the pressure suit, right? Which again was a Steven Messina design that came at the very end of the production process. It was one of the last costumes to be decided upon. And he kind of got his way a little bit because he'd been pushing for more of these geeker elements in the film. And he got to do that because they just sort of needed to make it. And I think to the film's strength because I think it helps pull it back in that direction at a point where it really suits the movie. So I want to say that out there. And I also want to say that I think that um, that push and pull extends to other things too, right? So like in the beginning of the whole process, the whole genesis of Prometheus was Ridley Scott thinking, who was in the chair? Like, what was going on with that, right? And thinking—and just having a series of little ideas about it, and then, you know, meeting Spates and meeting f- with Fox and thinking, like, how can we build this into something? And uh, and having that idea of, like, there must have been something in there. And then what if—his big Eureka moment, right—was what if it was a helmet and not a face? And that is essentially where Prometheus comes from. So you have Ridley Scott who—and and if you look in the art of Prometheus book, which you and I both have and like quite a bit— um, he says in his book that was published in 2012, essentially the beast is cooked. He, he's already saying this things, you know, that, that we've been complaining about for a long time, saying it's not scary anymore, saying, you know, films like Resurrection have just made it really neutered and not exciting and not frightening anymore. Um, which I agree to a degree on because I think the way the creature was treated was becoming less and less scary. Mm-hmm. I don't think the creature mm-hmm. itself was less scary. But that's neither here nor there. So Ridley Scott was like, fuck the alien stuff. Like, I really want to make a movie about who was in the chair. Um, and then, like, you know, we can get around to why this ship had cargo in it and what the cargo was doing and why it crash landed and blah, 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 like down the road. But I want to make a movie about the guy in the chair. Um, and then, of course, as soon as it becomes an alien movie that push and pull starts going again, right? And these elements start coming in, like how much alien should we put into it? How direct should we tie it to the franchise? And that's why you end up with the movie that we get, which is very much a a push and pull. So I think the engineers are a really amazing outcome of that. And I think the reason why they maintained that mysteriousness um, is because the people making the film were basically disagreeing about a lot of things the entire time that they were making it, mm-hmm. and that's to the film's strength. It's I don't think that it was an intentional choice that the jockey was so much larger than the engineers that we end up getting later down the road. I think that that was a happy semi-accident, and I think that um, personally, I think in Covenant when you see the other species of engineers on that on that world, that that's like basically the people behind Covenant doubling down on that and saying like that was an it was intentional that there were size differences between them. Anyway, yeah, well, that's and just then sort of my in
0: Prometheus, I think you see engineers like in the suits in the statues and their arms are way longer than they should be because they're yeah. retconning this thing to work. It doesn't even make sense yeah. why their arms would be that <laughs> right. that long size,
1: <laughs> but that's why they're doing it. You know? Yeah.
0: But I think that essentially the engineers or the engineer in Prometheus is a stand in for the alien. Really? Um, because what happens as with the end of alien, the end of Prometheus, it comes for um, while she's in this like little away ship, essentially, it's, it's a version of the same thing that we've seen before, but a very different version. And it's what's interesting about the engineer is how terrifying it is, but how identifiable it is. It's not terror. It's terrifying because it's silent. And we don't know what it wants. I don't think it just wants destruction wants to destroy. There's other this is a very intelligent species. Um, but it's going after Shaw. Why? for what reason this that's the weird the weird thing is well i don't i got to make sure i stay focused here i just think that now i want to know what that was what <laughs> you were going to say no 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 no, no. i i'm going to try and talk about what i love um, okay. <laughs> but i i love that it is identifiable that it is um, this this thing that we have no idea And there's all the supposition in the movie as to what they're doing, where they're going. They're going to Earth. They're going to destroy. I guess that's what Shaw figured out. But I really feel like the engineer's strength works the best when they're there and you don't know why they're there. They wake up. What does he want? What is it saying? We're we're not really sure. Um, It's just, it's really, really incredibly powerful. And I I would see a film about engineer's Like that, as long as they really kept the aesthetic of what we saw in Prometheus and moved away from what we saw in Covenant, that civilization was kind of boring to me. At least what they presented, the, the, what they presented in Prometheus had a richer quality to it. It, You could feel that they really put hours and hours and hours into what this thing would look like, why this thing is scary, how, how it looks. It looked a little bit like David. It looked a little bit like Elvis, um, and it was uncomfortable. it's uncomfortably close to us and it's one of those things where we know what of course other people we're part of the human species we know what we look like and yet we can see a dark figure staring at us from across the street and be terrified for of why why does it terrify us? Why does a dark human-like figure something we can readily identify why would that scare us? and that's why the engineer scares us I don't I, I think that they could have had him more. In the movie i think he was a little bit of a missed opportunity they could have had him just i don't know do something do a little bit more than just wake up and then go after her i mean i suppose he wakes up he oh he starts the ship and he's gonna go and take off um i mean i have questions like they woke him up and then they wake him up and he gets into the ship and then he's gonna go for it. some of that doesn't make sense to me like why yeah do i don't t-
1: know what the motivations are behind a lot of what the engineers As a civilization, but the engineer in the movie too. I'm like a little bit confused about some of that stuff from a narrative standpoint. Um, Yeah, or why why he's so angry? (laughs) Like there's 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 something. I'm I'm sort of it's it's a little it's a little confusing to me.
0: Yeah, well, and I think his anger makes him a little bit. I don't think a species of that intelligence he would just all of a sudden be angry. I think especially at Shaw who didn't crash into him in that ship, and when he comes after her. Why is he coming after her? What's the reason? Like, why would he even, you know, uh, before we continue, just a shout out to Stephen Gray. Hello. Alexander House. um, Jean. Hello. Emily. Hello. Thank you guys for watching. Hey,
1: guys. Thank Anybody you for else? watching. And thank you. Thank you. And now some of you participated in the comments that are kind of come at the end too. We're trying to be better about maintaining our focus on the live stream during these things. But Facebook had a UI redesign, of course. And it's made it really hard to track the comments as they're coming in. And like we literally can't figure out how to do this properly. <laughs> so that's why we're a little bit behind with our comments. But we're going to try to get background to them um, as we can. And of course, we'll, we'll go back in the chat after the recording tonight and and talk to as many of you as, as we can. For sure. So – uh. Yeah, I, I think, Jamie, there's a lot in there that I, I want to make sure we unpack tonight. One of them, something that you said that I hadn't really considered, is that is that their motivations are really hard to discern. Um, and that's something that we talk a lot about, you know, when, we, when we've talked about the alien as a design element. Um, it's very hard to tell what it wants, right? Like why, what its actual motivations are, especially because in the first movie, you know, if you don't go to the, if you don't see the ovomorphing sequence, sequence, it's, it's even more unclear, like what the hell's... Going on. It's not it, it seems like it's not just this caged animal hunting people for food or something cuz it doesn't appear to be eating anybody. So like what is its what is its end game? Why is it moving so gracefully as it does it? Like why it, it's it's you know as we've mentioned many times, it's very masculine, it's very feminine, it's very somewhere else too from a gender standpoint. It's very balletic and yet it's very bellicose. It's all of these different characteristics that are tied into one thing. The silhouette is very human, but it's also definitely not right it's it's something where the longer you look at it the more confused you become and that's where a lot of the fear comes from which again is very lovecraftian with the engineers you're right there's something interesting about the fact that even though they clearly are somehow biologically similar to humans even though they clearly are like they have a civilization with technology they have a language right you see that during one sequence in the temple during in the pyramid uh you see uh, like a wall with writing on it and there's all these bodies pressed up to the wall mm-hmm um, like, so they have a, you know, written system of communication, and of course you see that with their navigational interfaces and things like that in the ship. Um, they have all of these human-esque things, and yet they're not. Like, they're, they're very clearly not, you know? They're, their eyes are different. Like, you can tell when you look at them that they're not us. But they have all of these characteristics of things that we have been telling ourselves and warning ourselves about basically since stories began being told, Right. So you mentioned David, right? Arthur Max took a trip to Florence to go see the statue uh, Michelangelo's David up close in person to spend time next to it. Um, that's something that was carved 500 years ago, and yet it looks like it's stepping right into the room with us now. Right? Mm-hmm. This, this beautiful, terrifying human, right? Um, you look back at in antiquity. You know, Ridley Scott mentions this in the book. You know, they looked at like Sumerian culture, they looked at Mayan culture, they looked at um, you know Aztec culture. Hawaiian culture, there's always this archetype in their mythology of, like, a tall stranger coming, of, of something something larger coming down and granting some sort of terrible enlightenment. Um, he also mentions how, you know, in Aboriginal cultures, for example—and um, this is true in the United States, too, and with, with Native American cultures—a lot of the time the white man— was seen as like some sort of a horrible god figure because he looked very different he looked like a dead body because if you have you know any any anybody with any skin tone when they're dead becomes pale right so they they felt like you know a lot of native cultures felt like these these white people were basically animated corpses coming. Or ghosts, yes. Or, or ghosts or something, right? And and something terrible, but something with all of this technology that they had never seen before, creating works of what appeared almost to be magic. So this horrible enlightenment kind of an aspect, right? And that is something that, again, like I was saying, has been going back forever and forever and forever. And so when we see the engineer in Prometheus, we see something we recognize, whether we realize it or not, which is something we were already afraid of because we've been conditioned through the storytelling of our childhood and the in the myths that form us as people about don't you know about be careful what you wish for right like we're we're told over and over and over again that there are some things that we shouldn't really know about um and that and the ramifications for finding that knowledge out are are deadly and indeed the prometheus myth, myth in general like the the title of the film comes from this idea that if humans are allowed to get fire they will become gods and we can't let them do that Right, we have to stop that from happening, and so they struck us down. Right, um, and that is the is the myth that runs through the course of Prometheus is that when the children become too mature, they become dangerous, and then they must be stopped and restarted again. The clay must be reformed; it must be made wet. You know, um, so that's something that's very, very frightening. It's it's funny because, like, as a contemporary American human, that's not something that I'm actively afraid of but it is something that i feel and i and i'll i'll i want to hand this back over to you in a minute cuz i've been talking for a while but i was thinking about this just tonight when i was putting the kids to bed there's this and any any parent knows this feeling um or you know any uncle probably who's put kids to bed in the past might know this feeling too uh where you're laying in bed i was laying with henry tonight in bed when he was going down and i was just sort of like feeling his hair as he was falling asleep and i was thinking like what a crazy crazy thing it is that I am here in this moment right now on this planet spinning around through space feeling this hair from this person that I helped create and that in the midst of this you know that like through all of the planets and all of the times and all of the eons that have passed since creation since the birth of the universe that like in the billions of years and the trillions of possible coordinates that I could be at I'm in that bed right now feeling that hair Mm -hmm. and that that is like one of those things that hits you sometimes, and you think like, "Oh my god, this is crazy. This is so much larger than I am. right." And then you kind of shove it back down because you're like, "I will lose my mind if I think about that all the time, right?" Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself doing dishes a couple of days later, and you think. Like, oh my God, here I am. And I look up at the stars and like, what the fuck else is out there? And how did I end up being here washing these dishes right now? And how have humans evolved sinks and plumbing to wash dishes in? And like, what the fuck is going on? And then you shove it back down again, right? That's not existential fear at all. It's actually, it's and, and it's the opposite of it. It's, it's gr- existential gratitude. Yeah. But it's it's an existential awareness that we try to avoid thinking about too much because it's overwhelming. So for me, when I think about things like that, usually it transmits as, like as, as an appreciation and, and a love and a gratitude, but an appreciation and a love and a gratitude that is very closely related to something very frightening, which is like, what if that all vanished all of a sudden, right, mm-hmm. like what if it mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. stopped? And we live with that every day of our lives, but we don't really address it very much. And in Prometheus, that question I think is addressed, like what happens if we find this larger piece of a puzzle? Like what if we see where we might've come from and we don't like it. Like, what the fuck does that say about us? And, and what, what, what other realities are out there that we're not even aware of? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that those answers aren't given to us. And I'm glad that it's never made overt that the engineers specifically birthed humans. I'm glad that it's never made overt why they want to kill us. I'm glad that it's never made totally clear, um, you know, if they are gods and progenitors or if they're like cast out angels and, you know, agents of death and destruction. We really don't know very much about them. But we do know that they are a gateway to a lot of big questions that are kind of fucking scary if you start to think about it. And that, to me, that cosmic aspect is what draws me back to them.
0: You um, set that up in a way that I haven't thought about before. I was kind of going down this rabbit hole of trying to make sense of some things that they do in the movie. But the reality of where where do we fit in the, in, in the universe? Where where did we come from? You know, I mean, there's the whole God mythology or w- whatever religion you subscribe to. They have their own stories of, of, of human creation. Um, but there's a scientific explanation of where we came from. And some of that might be from another world. Um, oftentimes I look at us as humans and I know that there's the whole idea that we've evolved or the, the the fact that we evolved from lower species, but we're still very strange creatures for this world. We never, we just, we're just odd. We don't, we don't belong in the forest. We don't, we're not made to live in the water. Um, We're not made to. We're bald. Yeah. Like we can't sleep in the snow because it'll kill us in the winter. Um,
1: Like all of our, like the reason why, you know, like chimps are are 10 times stronger than us is because like we waste all of those calories on our brain. You know, like we are, we are completely bizarre creatures. The more you think about it, totally.
0: So the question of where, I mean, and uh, to kind of relate it to recent, I wouldn't say recent news, but for instance, all the reports of UFOs over the years. And now we have official government agencies saying, actually, yes, we have seen some strange things and we're going on record and we're releasing reports. If these things or whatever it is introduces itself to us as a human species one day, that's going to fuck up our shit. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine that? You know, know, like, are we here because they were here before Like, are they humanoid? Are they versions of us? Do they look like us? Do they look like what a lot of reports have been over the past 80 years of little green men or whatever? I don't know. Like, uh, Prometheus and the engineers is an idea of this. It's a very, um, it's definitely mythology. We're idealizing these great, beautiful, little scary, tall, giant, almost like, uh, are you familiar with um, the Nephilim? Or the Philistines? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the engineers to me are a little bit like the Nephilim. They're
1: Yeah, we talked between. about Nephilim on the Shoulder of Orion, I believe. Yeah,
0: a long time ago, yeah. a couple years ago. Um, but the engineers fall within that category. If anyone is familiar with the Nephilim or they're not familiar with the Nephilim, they come from uh, Christian mythology. And in the Bible, angels came down to earth and had children with women. And those children became essentially the Philistines. Um really tall, giant, massive people that lived for a very, very, very long time, and I could see the engineers as a part of that mythology some way but I also think oftentimes the reality isn't that pretty i don't i don't i i wouldn't I couldn't tell you um who what we might come from i I don't know what if if we do come from a a species that is off world or that was somewhere else that came here first i bet you they were pretty ugly i bet you they weren't this balletic david beautiful perfect you know big ass like you know like elvis looking face like we don't we probably didn't look like big ass yeah (laughs) (laughs) dummy thick yeah (laughs) um but i i think as far as mythology goes it's 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 how myths are written it's it's we like we like this idea almost like um greek mythology we love the idea that there are these beautiful gods and goddesses living in some alternate dimension cloud like heaven making us and endowing us with gifts when in fact that's not really true um but we we idealize that i think again the reality of how we're we were created was probably something very dirty i don't mean dirty like sexual dirty i mean like like <laughs> a like of fucking going on. scientific dirty like whether it was mu- or whatever but i i think prometheus opens the door the engineers open the door to the real questions where do we come from i mean initially before while you're talking and in the beginning of it I, I there's a lot of questions that i have about sort of the setup to the engineers that doesn't make that doesn't make sense whatsoever to me like all, showing all of those artifacts um that all you know with the hands pointing at the stars and these are yeah, all, all I, these I know yeah all these all these artifacts were found in all these different parts of the yeah. world well and, it,
1: and those are very weak points of prometheus to me because that that's and i have i have academic reasons for that too that i'll get to yeah well like that. For, uh, keep, keep going but yeah. i'll come back to that
0: and I'm not trying. I'm not bringing it up to to bag on it. I'm just. I'm trying to follow through with the mythology a little bit. And part of it doesn't make sense. Like, why would they invite people to a planet that's a military installment where they were going to go and destroy Earth? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It makes no literal sense. Why were you inviting humans to come to a military installation for what right. reason? Especially right. uh, during a time like what? Why were you calling them? Um, whatever. Uh, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but I love the mythology. I think the mythology of the engineers can be cleaned up a little bit and made to be really engrossing. But I think the less contact, the less juxtaposition with Earth mythology they have, the better they're going to be. Make them alien. What's scary about them is that they are alien, but even though they resemble us. Make that culture completely... And I think that was a little bit of my disappointment with their civilization and covenant. It was just, it was just essentially like a Roman civilization. Like there was nothing alien about that civilization, except for the way they looked a little bit and some of their technology. Uh, I think that engineers really, really work and are really, really effective and are really terrifying when they are completely, um, not related to who we are. But I also know that's part of the story they seeded. They seeded life on Earth, presumably, or all around on planets all over the all over the cosmos. I don't know. Maybe that was their role. I don't really. I don't really know. Much like Alien, in the best sense, the questions the engineers ask, just by nature of them being present in the film, are fascinating and unending.
1: Yeah, yeah, and as far as the Covenant um, sequence goes, that you're talking about. To me, that 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 is just another world that engineers had seeded, and it's like another um, outgrowth of life, similar to humans, but just like a like an a, another type of sort of engineer derived life form somewhere, and that's why it doesn't look like you know the engineers that we see elsewhere. It's like imperfect. It's like humanized engineer versions that are just you know meant to be destroyed kind of like we're meant to be destroyed yeah i have no idea why they're calling us and why they've been calling us through you know these k paintings and things for millennia I, I, I don't i do not understand that at all um and i think that's another talking about push and pull again two other influences on this film with a push and pull uh, are the works of eric von Dannegan and the works of h.p lovecraft so eric von Dannegan is this like kind of pseudoscience ancient aliens guy who wrote chariots of the gods and did all this, you know, speculative it's fiction, but like, you know, talking about how they, you know, built the pyramids and all this shit that led to AVP, you know, and all this stuff. Um, and Ridley Scott was very fascinated by, he's sort of distanced himself from Eric von Daniken as a person. Cause he, cause he is right to say that he's kind of a crackpot and has some things that you should not be reading. But the ideas are, are like they're they're pretty interesting. But the problem is that they basically take what Lovecraft was doing and try to like map science onto it in a really half assed way. But that was what Ridley was kind of reading as he was coming through with some of these early ideas. And in the works of, you know, Eric Von Daniken, um, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I think that's how you say it. There's all these references to cave paintings and to like ancient, you know, uh, hieroglyphics and things that hinted at aliens having visited in the past. And I, I literally think it's just as simple as Ridley Scott wanted to reference that, you know, and wanted that to sort of lead to the events that set into motion. But as you and I have already discussed at length, the the beginning of Prometheus after after the beginning beginning, which I adore with the sacrificial engineer, the next like sequence of it is I think so weak narratively, and it's just really bad filmmaking and i think that it is evidenced no more perfectly than like why the fuck are they going on this expedition like why can the the engineers obviously know where earth is like they they could if they were the ones that were there in the beginning they could just you know visit and annihilate us or do whatever they wanted to do Mm -hmm. there's no reason to like have us go to them anyway my point being that if you if you get rid of the eric von daniken stuff and you look at what he was using as inspirational elements from Lovecraft, the Lovecraft stuff, I think is so much more interesting. So I want to talk for just a second about at the mountains of madness, because that's something that came up with Alan Dean Foster on that episode as one of both of our favorite works
0: before you do just a couple of comments uh, by Stephen Gray that are to the point that you're making. Stephen says, or suggests perhaps it was a warning. All of those, um, those artifacts that they found throughout all of those world cultures. And he says, again, it might not be them calling us. It might just be broad strokes of an event that humanity was telling over and over. And the symbolism of such that we know of, but the species are lost to time and interpretation happens all the time in ancient history. That's very true. And I think the problem, Yeah, like it's a a very great point, but I think the problem is the setup of the film. These scientists are there showing slides of these things saying this is what this is it's of course it's not definitive it's never going to be definitive but in in its own way within the own world that it creates it's somewhat definitive it's it's an invitation even if it wasn't an invitation then what is it why would you why would you tell a uh, like why would you plant in humans a civilization that you have a military installation on some planet why if it's okay say it's a warning a warning to what oh here here's this planet don't come here yeah. you know like anyways it's one of those things but again much like I'll, I'll I'll give this back over to you but I always have to keep myself in check when something isn't working in a film or if a film isn't working for you lots of things end it's like a domino effect well hey that's not right. working either and that's not working either and they're all falling so I, I I want to make sure I'm in balance with that.
1: Or maybe like on, on the, on the, on the, uh, the inscription of like the planet coordinates, they could have had like a fucking X through it or something or like a skull, you know, mm-hmm. cause it looks pretty inviting. I don't, oh, I don't it's know. It's very inviting, anyway. especially
0: <laughs> with those arms out. Like, look, yeah, like it's very beautiful. It's very calming yeah. and peaceful.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that whoever made them could have done a better, j- they could have gone to, you know, design school and done a better job with, you know, human centered design. Um, but uh, that's not. But that's a good point, Stephen. That, that is entirely possible too. Um, but the uh, so I, so to go back to At the Mountains of Madness for for a minute, which is is my favorite of Lovecraft's works, at least the ones that I've read. Um, it's a novella that is very similar to Prometheus, and it's so similar, in fact, and I think I brought this up before that it actually convinced um, not Benicio del Toro, uh, Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> to to, <laughs> to uh, not try to make his movie about At the Mountains of Madness anymore because uh, the plot is. Uh, Prometheus is so similar to it that he was like, people would think I'm ripping off Prometheus now, which I'm not. But the basic broad stroke outline of At the Mountains of Madness is there's a a planned expedition to Antarctica. And somebody who had been on a previous expedition to Antarctica is writing this long form warning saying, do not go to this mountain range because there are things there that you should not see. Mm -hmm. Um, And the things that are there are elder gods. They're ancient ones. They are essentially engineers they are ones who although they look very different they are the answer to like who put us here in the first place um and they've engineered these things called the shoggoths which are which is basically a black liquid animal that can assume any shape that it wants to assume and it's very dangerous and the shoggoths spoiler alert destroyed the elder gods um and and basically lived in this mountain range um, and it ends. I, one of one of the things I fucking adore about Lovecraft is there's always an insanity aspect to it. And uh, one of the last things that happens in the book is this grad student who's been on this trip looks back at at it as they're fleeing through the as they're getting airlifted out, uh, and he loses his mind. And that's like kind of how the book ends. It doesn't tell you why, you know. Hmm. Um, anyway, so 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 you can see clearly there's a lot in common there with the engineers, oh, for sure. right? That the that the yeah. goo led to their demise or or whatever, and you know and that that was the Shogoth to their elder gods, um, and uh, and that I think is just an eternally fascinating and terrifying idea that like that you know that our origins actually have been hiding in plain sight this entire time, and our origins were destroyed by the tools of war that they created essentially, or the tools of, of enslavement that they created, in the case of the Shogoth.
0: <coughs> Speak to him, David. Tell him we came, just like he asked. Itai quantum Brechtuh's <coughs> Yasant. You had a starter that was know why you're here. David, continue. Tell him why I came. What did he say? What what did he say? He asked why.
1: So, yeah, so so I think a lot of the, the early narrative missteps in Prometheus, like the expedition itself, which is unfortunate, come out of a literalism that does not need to be there Mm -hmm. and i think that is also where some of covenants flaws come from i think and i think ridley clearly is part of that um, because i think he was inspired by this ancient aliens idea not even really necessarily thinking of it in terms of lovecraft although i know lovecraft has inspired ridley as well thinking of it in terms of ancient aliens and thinking Mm -hmm. well let's make it feel like scientifically real let's like couch it in archaeology and let's make it about these scientists who are going on an expedition to find this stuff out, as opposed to like just a research expedition that goes wrong because they didn't know what they were walking into, kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I think I think there's a literalism in the newer films of Ridley Scott that was missing from some of the older ones. And I think that is a big problem. Of course, Alien is also Lovecraftian and hugely Lovecraftian in that it is a cosmic horror and you know in space that makes you go crazy, basically. Um, but uh, I think I think the engineers introduce a lot of Lovecraftian elements that I, th- I think are, are really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think why Alien is such a masterpiece and why it fires on all cylinders perfectly is that everything's a mystery. We don't know anything. We don't know. We, we don't know, know shit. As, we know is the only thing that we know at the end of Alien is the life cycle of this one creature from this egg. That's it. That's it. And that maybe the company wants it. Um, whereas with Prometheus, it was like. Oh well maybe this. Oh well maybe that. So we're giving all we're given all of the supposition that seems like scientific evidence. I mean, really what most thinking people science is a science. I mean it's the it's research it's it's metho- methodology and they they get to a point where they arrive at a place where they can say okay let's report on this let's write a paper on this let's publish this because this is airtight yeah, have
1: it peer reviewed yeah and have it be absolutely evaluated
0: <laughs> yeah and science right. the science of i mean if if you broke down like the, if you looked into the science of the invitations or whatever those things are none of it would make any sense because uh a higher intelligent species wouldn't say shit to a lower intelligent one. Like, what What are you dropping there, dude? Are, is that an invitation for them to come and see us? Oh, I don't know. Oh, cool. Like, wh- let's wh- do it. Yeah. And, and whatever context you try and and um and seat that, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah. If it's not an invitation, then why are you letting us know where they are? Oh, they might come and see us. Why are they going to come and see us? Why do you want this lower species to come and see us? I don't know. Like it doesn't make any sense. It it falls apart. Well, you apart. know,
1: actually, no, you know, actually, okay, okay. I'm actually, I'm, I don't even know if I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm thinking this through a little bit, and it could actually make narrative sense because it could have been a test, which is okay. Actually, this might be. An Can test. they make okay. it this far? Yeah and, yeah, and if they can, then they need to be snuffed out. Okay, I actually, think that might be what it is. I, yeah. I think basically it's because, again, going back to the myth of Prometheus, that's kind of the the idea, right? Like if they can do something to approximate being gods, if they can get to the point where they can travel to other worlds, right? They need to be stopped because we can't let them be gods, right? Something uh, to that uh, end, that I want to go back to for a second. You are mentioning about Greek gods and Greek mythology and Roman mythology being beautiful right L- literally being hellenic that's where that comes from Maj right?
0: says you're playing david's advocate
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> that's that a good match um is uh is that uh, the gods that are cast out of heaven are immediately ugly right like if you look at Hephaestus, right the son of zeus he's like deformed he's fucking bow-legged and hunchbacked and he's living in a pit of fire
0: right it's like, like lucifer same thing
1: Right, right, right. Although Lucifer, when he falls, isn't ugly though. He's he's maintained he the, ugly, the same though. form. He becomes
0: ugly though. Yeah. Over time, in the Bible or yeah. just in our like. In um, the... Well, he 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 is the most beautiful of God's angels, and then right. he's cast out of heaven into the into hell, and then art hi, over art history, he becomes this horribly deformed. Right, Monstrous but thing. we
1: did. Th- but 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 we. Well, the Bible. I'm, oh my God, I'm going to open the door of who wrote the Bible. I'm not going to fucking get into that on this podcast tonight. But but the idea of Satan being this hoofed, you know, trident yep. clad, horned yep. dude is something that like people in subsequent oh, centuries sure. have done to make him a cautionary tale, right? Yeah. Yep. But the and they don't talk about the fact in the Old Testament that Satan is the most beautiful, wisest, mm-hmm. one of all of them. Right. Yep. He is the right hand of God. Yeah. Right. Um, and through an act of defiance, he's thrown out. But like, but in the Bible, there's nothing meant about how he's this mutated monster. That's, like, that's our fear. And that's us as people having to say, you know, like, he must be a mutant monster because he's not a god anymore. He's below us, right? And I think you're right. I think the, the way that the engineers are designed is fascinating because there is an idealized aspect. I mean, not even aspect. Like, they are idealized. They literally went to look at Renaissance-era marble sculptures, which are based on the ideal Da Vincian body proportions, yeah, right? Yeah. That are supposed to be the most perfectly symmetrical, beautifully proportioned humans possible, and made that into the character. Like they are the most beautiful possible person, right?
0: Well, this is the funny thing, and this is this is a little controversial for me to say, but I'm gonna fucking say it. Um so Ridley Scott and his team decided let's make let's create the gods of humans, the people who made us, let's make them white.
1: you fucking knew you were going to say that I mean it's just true the
0: the film has even actually gotten some um, people writing about that saying isn't this interesting that we've decided to make our gods this even in a science fiction film these terrifying but because even in Greek mythology those gods were scary too but they were also very beautiful and white Um, I just think it's, it's, it's interesting that we make our gods into what we think is the most beautiful creature. Um, I, I don't want to go too far down that because it's, I'm not meaning to be completely controversial, but I think it's relevant to discuss that they decided to make these creatures white, not any other color, um, and not just white, but um, fashion their their physique and their features off of classical classically depicted white people. I just think it's interesting. I would love to, not on this show, but some scholar somewhere dive into why why they think they did that, why they chose that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I know what really Scott would say, which is that that it's it's because of this notion that the white man brought you know destruction to native people, and that was this, that's what they were going for, right? But I'm sure on some subconscious level, the idea that you know white was enlightenment, you know, is is probably driving a lot of that and a lot of sort of implicit racism which is probably accidental racism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. creeps oh, yeah. into that that being said if they'd made them black i think there would have been a lot of pushback about that too because it would have been oh, they didn't even need to make them black. big angry black men Oh, totally totally i'm not saying
0: either. they needed to make them black i just think
1: they, I mean, they just, could have done Doctor Manhattan and made them blue too, but like, but I, I think at the end of the day, they they were basically trying to make them aesthetically marble sculptures. Yeah, That's what they look yeah, like. Yeah. And and you know, as somebody with like pretty pale white skin, like they don't, I don't have that skin tone. It, it, it looks like ethereal, and there's blue undertones to it, things mm-hmm, like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sure you're right that there is some implicit stuff going on. Or, or what do you
0: call that unconscious bias? I think we all yeah, have unconscious it. bias or um, something. Yeah. You sure. know, we all have a, a a form of what we think is classically beautiful, Michelangelo. And those are all yeah. white people in Michelangelo, for the most part, you know, unless they're slaves that he he depicted. At any rate, uh, I, right. but I think even within the context of, of the engineer discussion, um, why they, I mean, the, the, the reverse of that is, yes, they did make them white and they fucking were going to destroy everything. You know, so what does that say? So you can, you can, you can play both sides of that. Which Um, is
1: ultimately what they're trying to get across with that is, is that like that they were agents of destruction, just like the white people who visited these, these, you know, native civilizations and cultures and Aboriginal cultures were agents of destruction to them too. Also though, there's this, this implied idea that the engineers were also agents of creation and were more advanced. And that is something that's also problematic from a racist or a sociological standpoint as well. So there's yeah, it's a, it's a very yeah, complicated and very complicated. All, thing. But it's also
0: an indictment too, I think. It's Yeah. Um it's it's an indictment on uh God being flawed. Um Yeah. I I, I this is we're discussing this in this next portion I'm going to just say in a frame rate tomorrow that we're recording, but the movie that I just rewatched that is a complete fucking masterpiece is tree of life and uh in that movie and i know we'll again discuss this within the context of that movie tomorrow um and if you want to listen sign up for frame rate oh nice Um, segue yeah if you sign up at the (laughs) two dollar level
1: level. you will be able to listen to this as soon as probably next week when it goes up oh it'll be this week when it goes live so yeah yeah. also tree of life is a fucking great movie it's one of my things for frame rate it's amazing uh,
0: so there's a moment and I'll just be as general as I can. There's a moment where a character is leaving um, a a church and it's a funeral. And uh, the pastor says to this person, it's in God's hands now. And the person replies, it's been in God's hands this whole time. Like um, it's a real sort of indictment of our idea of God. Like, don't say, you know, like, yes, God's going to take care of it, but. He also let this person die. Um, so I also think set within the the mythology of engineers are the idea that God is flawed, that God is a monster, that God wants.
1: Yeah, it's not even that God's flawed. It's that God's dangerous. I think, yeah, you know? yeah.
0: I mean, if you l- read the the Old Testament in the Bible, there's evidence to back that up. You know, he's
1: fucking crazy in yeah, the Old Testament. I mean, he's a fucking monster. In yeah, I mean, right. the
0: yeah. God of the Old Testament decided to go through Egypt and kill all Egypt's firstborn male children whether they are an infant or whether they were an adult if you were a firstborn what kind of what kind of um benevolent God does that I mean so I don't want to get too far the into God the Old
1: Testament literally tried to end life on Earth oh yeah yeah except for one boat a couple like, of times of, it, yeah yeah multiple times um yeah.
0: and but I think if you couch engineers in that idea of the Old Testament God they work they're they're uh they're monstrous um, they're to be feared um they're you, it's hard to understand them they don't want you to understand them they don't need you to understand them you you either go along with it or they're going to come back and destroy you um which one i th- i think was this is interesting we haven't brought this part up is ridley scott wanted to really incorporate elements of christian mythology into the engineers they wanted the engineers to come back to Earth to destroy Earth because they found out that Jesus, who was one of them, was <laughs> yeah. crucified. That, so that, they were That gonna, was abandoned. With, that was. That I'm so glad because that was, so glad, that, ass, that that was, not, was ridiculous. That that was be, ridiculous. Still,
1: sure the, that that's ridiculous. But still,
0: also It's still, they, I guess, like. And I guess this is a confusing part. I mean, even though they, they, they opened up the orrery and they saw where the ship was going to be headed, um, which is Earth, why were they going to go and destroy Earth? I don't. We don't really know why. All of a sudden, they're angry at Earth and they want to go destroy it. It doesn't really make much sense. Um, but... One of, I so, think
1: what I, I think what I said kind of out of nowhere is actually the answer to that. I think it's because it's because we passed the test and and, and we
0: oh, them. so they reached us. They shouldn't reach us. They shouldn't have come here. They're too. But that doesn't they're, make any sense. Why? Why would they? Why would the? Why would the engineers even care if we were that far advanced? Who gives because, a shit?
1: No. Well, well, because the same reason the Greek gods did that, and the same reason why you know in ancient mythology it's like that. It's, it's the gods are prideful. The gods need uh, to be on top and and if and if humans are able to touch that then they they're snuffed out and that's not just prometheus i mean that's that's been in storytelling for like literally millennia. i just don't know know? why
0: space travel would um would us would all of a sudden count as um
1: because we found them right just like they found earth yeah i think that's that's the idea we oh i see so once they
0: find us they're too advanced yeah then don't tell them how to find you
1: no, but they have to tell, but in, it, with that logic, that's the point is that they have to tell us how to do it. And then if we can figure it out and figure out how to get there, then it means that we're advanced enough to potentially usurp their title as gods. And that's why we need yeah, to do Yeah, that's down. a petty, I, I yeah. I mean, it. and
0: actually it, it fits because in Greek mythology, those gods are fucking petty. Um so, yeah, they're vain
1: and vainglorious, and, and yeah. they and they kill. And, and look at the God of the Old Testament again, and also the New Testament. Yeah, 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 demands that we supplicate ourselves, right? Demands that we take. Well, that is.
0: I would disagree with that, but I think um, what you when you, you read that in the New Testament, it's not God saying that; it's man saying that. The only real words of God are, in my opinion, Jesus. Um, But I think oftentimes when you read that, the the demands of God or or the necessity of God, most of those times they're coming from people saying, this is what God expects of you. Um, It's not—it's— it's rarely quote unquote God saying, I mean, there are quotes, but well,
1: I mean, but Jesus says all who believe in me shall have everlasting life. That's yeah. like literally that those that's, that's, you know, if you're taking him as like totally. the word of God, that's true. he's telling that's true. people that if you don't believe in me, you're going to be
0: damned, right? He's well, saying that like, he you, you don't believe na- that I'm the son of God, Yeah, yeah. Well, will, there's, some, there's some, get... there's some historical contextual things to that too, but anyways,
1: it's. But you won't get into heaven basically is the, is the idea. So, uh, so you I, won't, you I, won't...
0: I would disagree with that assumption, but um, I, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't believe in hell um I, I believe in jesus but i don't believe in hell and i don't believe whatever that's a whole other topic for discussion right but all i'm saying is, is what the on words its face in, on in, its face the Bible. yes i would it's agree like, with you the, the
1: words say that yeah. you to to attain everlasting life you have to say that you believe right and not not to say that that's right or wrong or god said it or man said it. i'm, I'm not getting into that because I, I don't even really identify as christian personally i'm more of an agnostic humanist but i i having been very christian and Past phases of my life, you know, I know this stuff pretty well, not as well as you do, but pretty well. And to me, the overriding emphasis, even in the New Testament, which is so much more merciful than the Old Testament, which is a fucking crazy ride, is that like there are people who believe and people who don't believe, and the people who don't believe are not welcome. And that is something that's pretty fucked up when you think about it. Because if you, so if you are believing that God is for one thing exists and that God was this impetus for life and that God has a plan for everything. Right. And that God opens the gates of heaven to those who believe in him and that God showers us with you know love and, and allows us to have these amazing moments in our lives. Then you also have to believe in a God who created metastatic cancer. Right. You have to believe in a God who was behind the Holocaust. You have to say that, like if he created this world, I would fundamentally
0: in, disagree with all that, but that's really a conversation yeah. for another. I think if you set up a world, and you 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 give a, a world its own laws, and nature has laws, and this nature isn't this, and you don't set it up for for it to be this perfect thing. You're going to be subject to those laws, and then and if you are subject to those laws, you can't you can't blame God for the laws of this. But at the same time, but who say, created the laws, though? You know, that's true. But then that's a the problem. Yeah, that's right? true. But then, and also, if you have a if you have a world. Where, so it's either the world is going to be perfect and everyone lives forever, or it's not going to be perfect and we become better as we, generation after generation after generation. I don't. That's an interesting thing. I love these types of discussions. I love the theological, like, what all of those things mean. Uh I think. Oh, it's. I, I rarely have them, but.
1: Well, the th- engineers open us up to talk about the, oh, that, totally. right? And, 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 and they're and worthy. That's what's, and, yeah, and 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 I think something that is not talked about enough is how frightening a lot of the Bible actually is, and and of course this is in other religions as well, right? There's a lot of scary things in religion.
0: Alexander says, or it could be like devs.
1: Yeah. Oh, we gotta fucking. talk we about We haven't done devs. that fucking frame rate. I know. Oh, man, we gotta talk about frame rate. <laughs> um, This this conversation will either end soon or we'll go on until five in the morning. I feel, <laughs> we should I feel probably like, end it soon. <laughs> we gotta it's get been to the comments. We about got an to hour and forty five minutes. Uh, I, I, I would love to revisit the, you know, when we were talking about how to finish quote unquote, finish the series, although we're not finishing it, this, this is just you know, step get away to the from points it. in these series yeah. where we kind of step away and, and do other stuff and then kind of come back at some point. Um, you know, we were talking, what are some things we really got to hit before we kind of take a hiatus from the series a little bit and engineers came up and we were both like, yes. And this is why, because the engineers become more fascinating the more you think about them because they are, I think, uh, they they check a lot of boxes that we don't check a lot of the time, and I think that they're just fascinating fucking
0: mysteries. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, I I love again the questions that the engineers ask us are are the questions they open us up to 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 dive into deeper. Whether it's Christian mythology, Greek mythology, what do they really represent? Um, Stephen Gray just said um, that. Flawed gods are going to make flawed creations. And that's true. I mean, it's funny that would even go into our discussions about Blade Runner on Shoulder of Orion. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: it's, like, that we're having currently. Like yeah. Current yeah. Yeah. yeah um, talking
0: about this it, it It's a very, um, I think, almost what's scary about the engineers is what's scary about us. What we find terrifying in the engineers is also what we do as, as humans. We kill each other, um, we're yeah. petty. Um, We want to, we want to be the last word. Um, We want to be the most powerful. We want to be the loudest voice and all of those things. They can drive conglomerates. They can drive governments. They can drive um, mad politicians. And then there's a reverse. There's the beauty of, of who we are. There's the, the angels of our of our better nature, which also could work within the replicant replicant discussion. Um, But Yeah, these are great. These are great questions. Um, I know we're going to get to some comments. I think that we should read through them. But also to everyone watching, we are going to have a second part to this, which is going to open it up to a bit of a town hall discussion. Um, And we'll we'll get that scheduled soon. So we're we'll be inviting some people on to go at it um our friend dave Gogol, uh from Go xenomorphing and other people so i think that there's a lot of i actually when we started this i was like patrick's like oh maybe we should do this two parts i'm like eh, i'm not really sure this is there's enough for there's enough for another <laughs> this
1: could be this could be many fucking parts oh, yeah and, and i i knew that coming into this that this because it hits on a lot of things that you and i always kind of want to talk about and don't really have the space to yeah so yeah and, and i know for many other people too the engineers are like right at the tip of the spear of controversy and right at the tip of the spear for like what if and those are two things that make for a great conversation
0: before we get to those comments one last thing though I want to discuss with you though is
1: you're teasing the fuck out of these comments I love uh, when we've so (laughs) many stop starts
0: but do the engineers work in alien mythology yes they are fascinating ideas it's a fascinating idea it is a terrifying thing as we saw in Prometheus do they work in an alien film no I would agree because <laughs> yes. alien is not about the questions of where we came from though. Th- that is a worthy question. It is a wor- Those are worthy ideas. I don't think it works in an alien film the way we've seen it.
1: I agree. Yeah. And, and, and we'll I get think more that, into that, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get way more into that. It doesn't mean that I don't love the engineers as a concept and it doesn't mean that I don't think Prometheus works in some ways really well. And it also doesn't mean that I don't adore covenant, which I do adore. Um, but it means that to me, Ridley Scott has movies that he wants to make, and he knows that they'll make more money sometimes if they're in a franchise that's established. Yeah. And I think sometimes he he wants to go in that direction. But that said, the idea for Prometheus came from Alien, and I don't want to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. The idea that drove Prometheus was Ridley Scott looking back at Giger's work and thinking who was in the chair. And that says a lot about where the idea came from, right? Ridley was thinking about this when he was thinking about alien even back then in the 70s and as we know cuz we've explored this in the 80s and things this question was coming up and he was thinking like well you know what's this race that we see this little glimpse of like who could this have been right and then when the 2000s come around he's like all right i think i'm going to get back to science fiction who is the guy in the chair and what if it's a helmet and that that was where the movie came from so it's birthed from alien um, i think it exists okay within the alien universe i think it makes me feel in some ways the way alien makes me feel I, especially the The final sequences of Prometheus, which feel just like straight up fucking alien, yeah, it to does. Me. And, Those, in, that's in the, the best, best part possible. of possible. It's the best part oh, yeah. of the film is the end when they come yeah. after her. The first ten minutes and the last ten minutes to me are like two of the yep. best ten minute stretches yep. in any alien. Absolutely, movie, right?
0: I think when they actually get they skim off the fat and they just get to humans being in a dangerous situation with something they don't understand. That's when the film really, really gets interesting.
1: And Covenant, I think, is as, as well. I I think you would probably agree with me that most of the strongest parts of Covenant are parts like that. They're, they're parts where yep. humans are in peril and they don't know what's going Yeah, I mean the first just... forty
0: five to an hour of Covenant is gripping, gripping yeah. shit. It just it's an alien movie straight up. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
1: And and that's Ridley Scott has never lost his touch for that at all. For for that it's yeah. it's what he has lost his touch with, I think, is being surrounded by a few too many yes men yeah. who will kind of go with his name and his ideas and let him try things out that might not have been thought through quite yeah. enough.
0: well and i think ridley scott really needs a tight script if he's going to have a good film i think we yeah. can see that his his work suffers when the script suffers and but that's yeah. not just a ridley scott problem that's a director's problem many directors are the same way they they don't work on the script as long as they need to and they're more focused on the aesthetics and what it looks like and then you feel like hey that looked great but that was kind of shit um anyways let's move on to the comments
1: yeah, well, let's let's get to the comments, but but uh, this is also setting up something we haven't even announced yet.
0: Which is, we're going to be doing a covenant series. Oh, I'm just fucking yeah, yeah. saying that, Jamie. I'm oh. sorry,
1: I, I'm, I'm going to say that. We, this is <laughs> a, we've we've alluded to it before, but this that's oh, something yeah. that we have that we're I can't prepping wait for that in the works. Yeah, we're both very excited about it. And covenant to me is right at the apex of that conversation about how does this stuff fit together, and is it alien, and is it too forced, and is it like. Like where is Ridley as a filmmaker? Where are the screenwriters? It is just like Covenant to me asks all of these fascinating questions about what Alien is. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that is something we're going to really. We explore. need a
0: release date on the Hulu series so we'll know when to pivot away from the Covenant series because these are going to collide a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. Let's um, fucking bring it though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. let's do it. Okay. Do co- it. Okay. Comments. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and read these because I have some screenshots because Facebook's weird. And then, and then, um, you know, you can jump in. We can do a little bit of, of talking. I'm not gonna go through all of them because I want to say again. Are you putting you. in those
0: screenshots in the chat? Or were no, you? I'm just gonna read them. Oh, okay. I,
1: I'll just I'll just read it out loud um this is too complicated but uh i want to say thank you to people who participated in this building better worlds continues to be the only thing that i look at on facebook other than fields of Galantha. and i love it and the community is so great and i and i just i know anytime i put one of these little like hey what do you think about things in the thread that it's going to blow up and i i just uh am continually astonished at how intelligent and articulate and passionate and just classy you people are like, yeah. so thank you i want to say that up front so on um, uh, that being said i'm going to skip some of your fucking comments because there's too many of them, <laughs> so we're not going to get through all of that but i'm going to touch on some points and then i'll hand it over to jamie for some commentary um so uh so first off banked petter says uh the engineers puts the entire franchise mythos in another less alien direction that decision puts humanity in the driver's seat pun intended it kills the original lovecraftian mystery that made the first movie a true masterpiece um marble roman bodybuilders simply aren't the most interesting answer and why are they so angry that last part about why are they so angry that's something both you and i have also brought up Mm -hmm. their motivations are a little confusing
0: yeah um i i we sort of touched on a little bit of this i I think that um they when they're not working as the answer when when they are when they are when they are um Presented to us as an answer, yes, they don't really work. I would agree, but I think when we move away from that and they become these creatures that are coming, a creature that's coming after Shaw, and we don't understand them, they do really work. That mythology really works. The less we know about the engineers, the more impactful they are. Much like the alien, and I, and I think that goes to a larger point. Um, and this is something some filmmakers suffer with. This, like, oh, I'm older in my life, and I think I want to re return to this franchise that I made and answer a bunch of questions. When in fact, the mystery was what drew us to the original. Um, I think a little bit. It was a little bit too much of the the man behind the curtain with the with Prometheus and all of those, um, all of that. I think the engineers work. They're great. They're they are at their best when we know very little when in the beginning of Prometheus, when they're going into the, the, the pyramid temple or whatever, they don't know what they're seeing. They don't know what the projections are running by They're That's really scary stuff. And then when they start to find out more, you're like, Oh great. This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah that's you the know?
1: second there are answers to questions in Prometheus. The, the answers kind of blow it. I yeah. think. Um, but I do think that to Scott's credit though, that the, that, you know, the, it, he was making a movie that, that could have answered a lot more questions than it did. And I think actually fundamentally it comes out in some ways even more ambiguous about, about just how this all ties together and, and what the engineers are even up to. So I think, you know, yeah, I, I agree that when it tries to be too literal, it, it as we said earlier, it does a disservice to it. That kind of brings me to another comment. Um, Dominic Kulsar says, I admit that I don't know how the... and he actually put some um, production, some some artwork from Giger's Necronom uh, 5 in here and things like that too. So I, I, I invite people to go on the thread and look at this. But in a later comment, he says, I admit that I don't know how the original space jockey and the, and the engineers really relate to one another. I might think that all we have seen of both is what is what is humanly perceived, and there could be much more to both and their relationship with each other than imagined in our earthly minds. Perhaps the two were just quantumly entangled and some sort of similarity evolved over time. I do feel though that I like the engineer characters and I don't mind them being loosely connected with the old space jockey that we saw in Alien. This is a great example, I think, of somebody doing what we're doing a little bit, which is taking the opportunity that there was like a kind of a continuity breakdown with the physiology of the space jockey and the subsequent engineers and using that as real fan, oh my God, a re- I'm not gonna say real fans as as good fans should and using their imagination to fill in the gaps and making it work in their internal kind of headcanon mm-hmm. right so for both you and me obviously morphologically speaking the space jockey is very dissimilar from the engineer that we see in prometheus mm-hmm. which is very dissimilar from other engineers we see elsewhere and yet um maybe there's a reason for that
0: yeah yeah for sure i like that and i think uh if anything covenant um suggests that what we see what we saw in alien wasn't what we've seen yet so exactly
1: yeah exactly and i like that i like that covenant kind of makes it a little bit murkier too um matt moving along here because it's getting late matt john says i actually really dig the engineers i think they work aesthetically and thematically there's enough mystery there and they're also scary and intimidating in different ways than the alien sure the ideas are undercooked but i'd be interested to see those ideas explored in more depth the last 10 minutes of the film there we go Offer some great horror gags and atmosphere, yeah. so I'd be happy to see someone lean into these elements. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be great.
0: I, I don't think the chestburster burster, whatever that fucking thing is, that whole sequence was ridiculous. The trilobite. The tri- well, well, the trilobite thing was the cool. Deacon, yeah. The trilobite thing, the, but the deacon popping out of like that big old thing, like his body would have been distended and he would have looked pregnant and he didn't. And all of a sudden it plops out and whatever. I, I think that, that last, dude, ro- you
1: fucking hate the Deacon.
0: No, no, actually I love, actually I love the aesthetics of the Deacon. I think it's really scary. I just don't yeah. know why it's in a blue leotard. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I don't like that roar at the end. That's very like slasher. Um, it's
1: very Damon Lindelof. That's what I'm telling you, dude. Remember we went through the scripts and we saw like Damon Lindelof's edits to, to John Spade script. And that was like, the most remember, I read the last page of it in both scripts, and like yeah. Lindelof's ends with like 35 exclamation points, whereas Spates just ended with a pyramid lighting up. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like that's Hollywood, you know, coming in and making it a, a gangbusters, you know, yeah, yeah, action ending. Yeah, um, Adam Boanis said, I genuinely love them, but when compared to the space jockey and alien, the difference in size makes them difficult to accept. Uh, An alien, the creature, is definitely designed to appear as though it's growing slash part of the chair, which, of course, enhances the mystery. To reveal that the figure could basically just get up ruins this element of the mystery. That uh, aside, and taken for what they are, I think the engineers are a graceful and powerful addition. I'm going to jump in for a second and say I agree with you, Adam. But to me, I justify it by the idea that the engineer that we see, or the space jockey, rather, has been weathered and petrified and fossilized over a long period of time. And that this machine, of course, that he's sitting on is biomechanical, for one thing, right? He's not sitting on just, like, a hard computer surface, you know? Like, he's sitting on something that's somewhat alive or has living components to it. And that over time, um, you know, as we see, when we see, you know, dinosaurs in the, you know, when we see fossilized remains of dinosaur uh, pelts, you know, or scales, like, these things end up looking like they've merged with their surroundings. They become indistinguishable from the dirt that entombs them. So I, I think uh this to my mind the engineer in the chair has been there for a long time it has basically morphed into part of the chair
0: could be could be yeah
1: who knows uh our buddy shane stape shout out to the uh, hamburgers group
0: the, are you in born, that group yeah i've been in that group oh, like fucking four years have you? So, yeah oh. i've
1: gotten a lot of inspiration for cooking <laughs> from that group actually. oh yeah. yeah shane you should shane's a great cook he's a great cook yeah well, hopefully, he'll cook for me one of these times. When we can fucking get him yeah, cook for again. me
0: first, motherfucker. Shane, are you watching this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Shane says, uh, I thought it was a fantastic idea for an original new franchise. That's not what I wanted to see as the pilot in the chair. Uh, he basically says that he wishes Ridley had done uh, a new movie, which is kind of what we were just talking about. I'll keep going because we just talked about it. Dave Turner. Another one of our friends here says, uh, I've gradually grown to appreciate what they were attempting to do with the engineers, at least in Prometheus. They're a fantastic design choice, eerily familiar, yet utterly other. Agreed with that. However, I just can't reconcile them with what we saw in the first film. And for me, I just mentally separate them. They're not the same beings, even though I believe they're intended to be the jockey reveal in the first film was probably my favorite scene from the entire franchise. And there was a time when I worried that Prometheus would sully these memories. Yet I've managed to compartmentalize what I see in Prometheus with what I see in alien. And I still get a huge shiver down my spine when the oh, kicks in from the original yeah, at the jockey's yeah. reveal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dave, I agree. That's, we did an, uh, an alien day thing with Clara like a hundred years ago. Where we mentioned our favorite moments in the franchise, and that was my favorite moment mm-hmm. too, is, is the the space shocky reveal. Yeah, we even did a video. Remember,
0: like, it was like a thirteen minute video. Yeah. with each scene, and everyone. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that, that was, was, really, cool. was going go fun. Watch that again. Yeah,
1: it was on Twitter. Um, but that, but that, you know, for me was was my scene because that that and that continues to be. I still when I play Isolation and wow, well, I don't, don't want to spoil stuff. When <laughs> when when I, when I when I when I do things that give me the experience of getting into the derelict again. Uh, I still get full body chills from it. I cry. Fuck it. There's a part in Isolation where you get to go into the derelict, and that part every single time I play Isolation, which we just finished again this last weekend, which I just adore. Um, I cry openly. I think it's the most powerful, mysterious fucking image ever. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, the jockey, of course, is at the heart of that. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think all of us, like just earlier, um, I think it was Dominic or somebody was mentioning quantum entanglement. Who who was saying that? I don't I don't want to miscredit that that was dominic yeah um you know like we all find ways to make it work and uh and i'm glad dave that you've compartmentalized and gotten through it like that go through a couple kind of uh, rapid fire ones uh simon fay says wonderfully intriguing in themselves shame so little is left in the final cuts but the secret of the space jockey was glib and lazy this seems to be a theme that people the space
0: jockey is fucking sacrosanct and i agree with that well and i think to just it would have taken a lot of work a lot of design, and but there had been some before in the comics of what that creature would have looked like. They went for the easier thing. They went, oh, let's make it humanoid. Mm-hmm. And I think what really would have worked is if it wasn't as humanoid, if it was something a little bit more alien. These films work when we don't know what we're looking at. Um, when we start to reason and we start to figure things out, they become problematic. They become less alien. Um, and I think that's some of the, criticism that we see or we hear from the queen and the hive and all that oh it's like an ant i see it's like a, a mother like it's less interesting when we can figure out what it is the the engineers work and we don't know what the, why, why they're here or who they are um and but i also think that covenant backed away from a lot of it that the door's open to really to do more um i don't think we'll ever see an engineer again i think that they're done um
1: yeah, me too. I agree with the second half of what you're saying. I disagree with the first half. I actually think making them look more human was not the easy answer at all. I think that was actually kind of shocking to me because, you know, ever since I saw Alien for the first time as a seven-year-old, I assumed that the space jockey race were elephantine, you know, like, and we all did. That was in the comic books and, you know, people, you know, there were action figures custom made and things like that. Um, and and now uh, seeing that they actually that that was a, a suit, I think is kind of a really big reveal, and I think really philosophically kind of fascinating. No, I love and it. I kind of like I kind of like the fact that, like you said earlier, uh, their intentions are hard to discern, and that's what makes them frightening. Because it, I mean, as a human. You know, we're fascinated of course by serial killers and by people who perpetrate acts of evil. Not not that we look up to them, but we're like so intrigued because it's so fucking scary because like they look like us, you know? We have this image of Nosferatu being a serial killer, but a serial killer is Ted Bundy. It's like the charming guy down the hall at work, you know? And you never think for a moment that that person is capable of it. But what happens when the mask comes off and, and he looks at you as prey? Like, that's a fucking terrifying moment mm-hmm. and a confusing moment because you're like, why? Like, wh- like wh- how could you have so little concern for another person that you would take their life and, and you know, obliterate them? And the engineers, I think, I think touch on that very frightening little thing. Uh, and they do it so well because they seem, they seem like we should be able to know what they're thinking and doing. And yet we kind of don't the whole, the whole time. They're mysterious. So from a visual standpoint I kind of like that they look humanoid but No
0: I I I mean I think to that point I do like that. I do like that they look humanoid. I think that the problem is it does whatever was sitting in that chair was not humanoid. And they could have created something a design that really worked that was really truly alien maybe within the engineer aesthetic lore but was also very like now this thing was engineered to like uh what's that that henson series on sci-fi years ago um farscape where there's the 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 operator or whatever the the one who flew the ship was grown into the chair and i think they could have done something similar to that yeah and i think or I like think, the
1: guild navigator yeah doing i think right? it was like just it, a little
0: yeah. easy i think it was a little lazy i really do not that the yeah. engineer design itself was lazy i agree with you that thing being in the chair was it was too easy Go push that a little bit further. But I also think these filmmakers have to understand, which I think Noah Hawley understands. It's about mystery. Mystery is what, is what, um, Compels us, people go to see horror films and they get scared at things because they don't know what they're looking at they don't know why yeah. it's coming for them it's go they don't know why they're being drawn to something they don't know what that sound is in the basement uh and our mind is creating this this fear experience, and that's why we are drawn to it and I think as we move forward in the alien mythology. That needs to be the currency that they use. We don't know yeah. what it is. We don't know yeah, we where it is. We've got to get confused again. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And and, and we've st- and and that's why I agree with Scott's assessment that the beast is cooked as it, the beast has been treated in yes. all these films that came agree. out in the subsequent years because it was like always face hugger, alien attack queen at the end. It was yeah. it was becoming predictable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. We really had hard.
0: our whole anyway our whole episode on um uh, in Instagram uh featuring uh one of our partners Maj. we talk about tropes and them being old uh so if yeah. you guys want to watch another hour episode of perfect organism go on instagram and take a watch
1: yeah jamie and did it last weekend i'm going to hop on with madge in a couple weekends we only get two people on at a time for these things as of now so we're kind of limited But am hopefully... have to fly i'm
0: gonna have to fly to connecticut and then we'll both you're gonna live. fly to Connecticut, we're gonna go <laughs> see a hundred
1: movies we're gonna fucking go to the theater for two months every day and we're gonna record a million instagram things with madge and then all three of us yeah. out at the same time <laughs> Um, all right, I'm gonna go quick because it's like midnight over here. Yeah, so, so yeah. Ben Black said uh, that it's not needed in his eyes. The beauty of the space jockey wasn't was that it was never um, investigated and it didn't need to be. It was just uh, a thing of mystery, and you know it's hard to please people. Is what he's basically saying. Um, other comments are uh, Michael Michael Guider says, uh, I'm totally a fan. I want to establish more about them. I think it's more interesting that humanity has been unknowingly involved with giant saucer flying ETs that were manipulating our culture. Um, and he talks about um, star maps and zeta reticuli, etc. Uh, Dominic Nardi says, uh, as a part of the official alien continuity, I don't think they work for reasons stated by others above, but uh, they, they don't look like the fossilized space jockey in the original film. However, I don't think there's anything we could have learned about the space jockey that would have been as satisfying as the mystery. If we found out it Absolutely. was alien, well, Star Trek and Star Wars have already depicted dozens of alien races on screen. I don't think finding out that the alien universe had a sentient alien race would have felt like a satisfying reveal. In fact, it might've undercut the sense of loneliness and foreboding that permeates, permeates the alien franchise. Yep. Unlike yep. Star Wars or Star Trek, where the Scott's galaxy is cold and empty in space. No one can hear you scream. Well-written. Yeah. Yep. Um, Moving along, uh, Eric Thal says, I think we need to cut that last surviving engineer some slack. If someone woke you up from a nice 2000 year nap and started firing (laughs) all kinds of questions at you about the origin of humanity and living forever before you even had your damn coffee, wouldn't you be a little grumpy too? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say, Eric, I think you just answered a lot of questions about the motivations behind the engineer going fucking wild in the last 10 minutes of the movie. I think that might be answering it. He's cranky. Yeah, yeah
0: great great uh comments and uh great yeah. uh, guys are the best. great Thank additions you. to this this discussion which I didn't really think it was going to turn into that. I was just trying to think of what could we talk about in context of Prometheus there wasn't much there. Um but yeah, we're we're in a whole new world of discussion about these engineers and yeah. really it points to them being impactful. And I think we both agree that the engineers work as an aesthetic creature they they don't they might not really work in the alien universe but they work as something that's iconic and terrifying fascinating and uh clara mentioned she loved the the pressure shoots we were talking about that i love them too they're the most giger looking thing we've seen since his alien um and
1: and of course they're based on giger designs in the original film that's where the inspiration came from
0: yeah yeah and if you see the the whole the what's that thing um with the with all of the, the images the ball the circle no with the, the, you see the, the the life cycle of the alien and it gets on a guy in a suit but giger mm-hmm. drew it what was what, what do you call that yeah. thing it's called hieroglyphs i get it's hieroglyphic yeah. life cycle it's he's wearing the same suit uh, the guy in the image was wearing the, yeah. very alien like um it's yeah very cool. successful if they get a film just, just uh, about that oh my god that'd be terrifying
1: yeah but at the same time though like it would risk answering too many things and and making it too concrete well it couldn't
0: be about anything except for maybe um there's a human on a planet and there's an engineer on a planet and that engineer and that's what the story is it's a human in a dangerous situation and the engineer becomes is sort certainly the stand-in for the alien in the they come yeah. after each other or whatever. That's what would make it scary. Like,
1: you know, they have a meet cute. They start of fucking at home, And then they're like, no, you know, I actually, I was like in love with you all along. <laughs> and that's where humans come from. I, it's something I, I don't even want to open this fucking Pandora's box. I thought the like, engineer
0: probably. you had was a but, male, but it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, is that, uh, you know, the the engineer. So this is whole trope in many religions. The Bible, the Judeo-Christian Bible, at least, you know, Old Testament stuff being one of them where, uh, you know, gods create their own image. And, of course, that comes up a lot. Arthur Max talks about it. Really Scott talks about it, about how, you know, the humanoid aspect of these engineers comes from the idea that they created us and this other covenant species, in, in my opinion, in, in their own image. Um, the biomechanical pressure suit that the engineer wears is, is emblematic of the xenomorph, obviously, right? It looks a lot like a xenomorph's exoskeleton. And I think that um, it might hint that they were creating those in their image as well, in a way. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, anyway, we got to wrap. All right. Uh, and we, uh, we were, I'm glad I, I I knew we were going to have so people might not realize this. Jamie made a fucking spur of the moment decision in the middle of the episode to have a second one. I've been trying to get you to do that. And you're like, ah, well, you know, well, well, I see, didn't we'll
0: see, know. See, we'll I didn't see. know.
1: I know. And I, but I fucking knew you were going knew, to. I knew you were going to get inspired. Oh, you I was were totally have more to yes. talk about. I fucking knew it, Jamie. So we're going to be back with another episode on engineers. Those big pale boys. Um, if you want to come on and you're listening to this, let us know if (laughs) if you've got space for it. Well, we'll we'd love to have you on. As you mentioned, Dave will come on. If you go to xenomorphing.com, he wrote a really great blog post a while ago, about engineers That's something close to his heart. So he'll be on, uh, hopefully many more of you. Um, and this is, uh, the first part of a, of a bigger conversation. And Prometheus again, continues to surprise us with just how much more there is to it that we um, can tend to overlook.
0: Indeed. Uh, if you would love to support the show, go yeah, to perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Sign up for $2 a month. That's going to be ending. We're moving our tier just a couple dollars more, but we're leaving it open for $2. So get in um, and we will provide more content. We have, we're going to start putting out some more shit shows. We have an amazing film to talk about, Alien versus Predator, uh, I almost said Resurrection, Requiem. (laughs) (laughs) Requiection. We're going to talk about it. We're going to shit all over it. We're going to do a commentary, all sorts of great stuff. That's only for our Patreon supporters. So
1: we're not going to decide we love that movie because I fucking hate that movie. But I want to go back for a second what Jamie was saying about Tears just because we haven't like talked about this yet. If you've already signed up at the $2 level, you are... That will never change. You will still get the perks that you would be getting at a $4 level. You will still be getting the same things. Um, And you have a couple months lead time before we do this. We will make it very clear as it's coming up that you need to sign in now if you want to keep that $2 rate for expanded content. There's a whole lot of reasons which we'll put out in a press release. Um, or a fucking email. I guess it's not really. A <laughs> but yeah, we'll have, we'll have uh, signed the by Lance deliver the yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we're telling you this because you still have like a couple of months to sign up at the current rate and keep that forever to be able to get the same content. So if if you're on the fence about frame rate and you're and you're wondering like what this weird other shit we're doing looks like, um, we suggest you sign up for it. It's two bucks a month for basic access, and and you get like literally hours of extra less than a cup of month. coffee these days less way less than a cup you would know because you're a barista I was an ex-barista yes. you were about yes. 100 years ago yeah um, back when I was before 80. they invented coffee <laughs> yeah you were you were you, fucking <laughs> you invented it anyway we love you guys thank you for participating yes. thank you for listening thank you for everybody in the live stream uh, you guys fucking rock and we love you and, uh, and take care of yourselves and uh, we will be back alright
0: For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit PerfectOrganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit PerfectOrganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.